6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Transparency Talks Podcast with Butterbee Rocker. Transparency Talks Podcast is brought to you today by fashionable lady shop as a woman fashion for you isn't just about wearing a colorful dress or putting on cozy tops you need to be on top of your game while staying in line with current trends at the fashionable lady shop they understand what it is to look good and therefore treat you to awesome trends of clothing footwear jewelry bags and wallets that will bring out the best you They serve you with affordable, fashionable accessories that will make you the life of the party. Visit them today and shop now at www.thefashionableladyshop.com. That's www.thefashionableladyshop.com. Welcome everybody to Transparency Podcast. I am your girl, Butterbee (laughs) Rocka. Um, listen, it is beautiful outside. The sun is shining. I know we are quarantined, but use this time to uh, learn something new, learn a trade, read, read some books. I got a book for you. Actually, I got a couple books for you. Read Fear of Failure, Fear of Not Tri- Trying by me, Butterby Rocka. It is an Amazon bestseller um, book. Oh. <laughs> you can also read Getting Undressed from Paralysis to Purpose by David Cooks. I um, had the pleasure of interviewing him uh, recently. And I mean, when I tell you his book is amazing and his story is even better. And last but not least, Defiant Ones Team Magazine. Actually, their new um, edition just came out yesterday on the 15th and it has on the front cover from Disney, Sydney to the Max, um, Jackson Dollinger. So make sure you guys check out all of those good reads, but get out of the house, go walk, do something to elevate your mind. Cause if you sit there, you're just gonna get stagnant. And this is a beautiful time to get creative. So with that being said, I wanna bring on this incredible brother Mr. Tony Terry, who is a nationally acclaimed recording artist and actor. Hey, Tony, how are you? What up, butter? <laughs> butter be rocker in the building. Thank you. How so you doing? Much. Man, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. Of course. I'm, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to have you. So I want to jump right into something real quick. Since the coronavirus is going on, let's just start right there. What are you doing, Mr. Tony Terry, to uh, during this coronavirus epidemic? Um. Uh, well, y- you know, okay. <laughs> My son stays in his room anyway. You know what I mean? Like he's 13. He plays video games, so the video game console is his favorite place to be. 
Right. So he's been self-quarantining for months now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I my routine, like I like to I like to get up every day and go exercise, but I usually go to the gym. In fact, my gym was one of the last holdouts to close up. People were coming from other gyms to come to our gym, which messed it up for us. Because, right. you know, very few people go to the gym that I go to, and then all of a sudden we had this influx of people and we had to close our gym. So I started walking in the park, you know, um, exercising outside because that's a vital part of my everyday. You know, I can't give that up, you know. And and this house ain't big enough <laughs> for us to stay in the house and, to, and you know, to exercise for, for all of my whole life now in the house. It's a good size house, but it ain't big enough for all of that. So I have to get outside to get some air, you know, when I can and on the nice days. And there've been a lot of nice days. I go outside and, you know, go walking and running in the park. In fact, uh, I don't know if you saw this video. I, did. Uh, I just happened to be walking in the park, you know? I, I, if I wanted to set that up, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But I just happened to be walking in the park, having a conversation with my son and, you know, boom, this couple is there getting married, you know, all by themselves. I offered to sing for them. I, I was a little hesitant, but I did, and uh, they accepted, and that, that video became, it went viral, but yeah, I've been doing pretty much, I, I've been keeping social distancing, but my routine in terms of, a lot of my business is done on the phone and on the, you know, on the computer, so outside of shows, that is. My daily routine has pretty much been the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see that video and thought that that was just perfect. And like you said, you can't even make it up. The timing of it was just uh, Yeah, I couldn't great. make it up. That <laughs> like, that's awesome. Um, so, okay. So now we're going to, let's take it back. Let's take it back. When did you get started in the music industry and how did you get your record deal? Okay, you want to know the story? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so I've been in the business for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated high school in 1982, and uh, which me to me doesn't seem so long ago, but it was actually a very long time ago. And I, I hung around DC for a couple of years, but I got an opportunity to audition for a musical. Um, that was being directed by the gentleman who was one of the founders of the high school that I went to, the Delington School of the Arts in DC. Mike Malone, um, may he rest in peace, was directing a play, and I was one, I just happened to be one of his favorites. <laughs> um, so I went and auditioned for it. I went and auditioned for the show. At the time, I had a, I had, was probably even considered today a decent job. I was a manager for a restaurant chain. Um, I won't say who the chain was, but I had a good job. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I found out about this audition, boom, I quit my job. Right. In fact, I didn't even quit officially. I just said, I'm not coming back anymore. That was it. So I went up to New York and I auditioned for the play. And thankfully, I, I made it. I got it. I got the job. And it was Black Nativity which is a play that maybe you've heard of yeah. at least once because it happens somewhere in the world every year since it was conceived, um, which is a Langston Hughes piece, you know, if you know anything about it. 
um, I auditioned for that piece and I got it. And that was the beginning of it. You know, I was in, I was in New Jersey and um, at, at, um, in New Brunswick. And then that led to me going to New York and hanging out. I auditioned for Mama I Want to Sing for about 10 times. No, not about 10 times, exactly 10 times. <laughs> and the 10th time, they, uh, they let me in. And I don't even know why I kept going back. I can't even answer why I kept going back. But the time that I, the, the last time, uh, my cousin was like, come on, cuz, let's go. And I, I had already auditioned. There was no reason for them not to have me in the play. You know what I'm about? In my mind. But, but, and I had auditioned all those times. And this time I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not feeling it. But I went with them. And of course, that was the time that I made it in. And uh, I was in the show for five years. Uh, I was probably like every other hungry artist at the time, um, had big dreams of wanting to be a recording artist. And again, I was in one of those situations where, you know, I wasn't, in, I wasn't doing the show anymore. And I was actually ready to go back home to DC. And the night before I was planning to do that, I went to, I went to this club to see a band play. And that was the beginning. That was, I met the gentleman, Ted Courier, who would end up being my manager. I met him that night. Wow. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't go home the next day. I, about two weeks later, I called Ted Courier up. Ted Courier produced Atomic Dog for George Clinton. Everybody knows that, right? And a few other hit records, big hit records. But I called him up. It was late at night. He was in the studio. He was excited to hear from me. He invited me to come to the studio. He had Parliament Funkadelic in the studio. And I was a huge fan of their music. I still am. And I was blown away that, that I was there with them. But my friend who went to the studio with me, uh, he was like, yo, man, if you put Tony Terry in the booth, you'll be foul up. Quote, unquote. <laughs> so that's what happened. He was, he put me in the booth and he did. He, he ended up having me. So I was working on a project for a group called the Boogie Boys, which back in the day had a hit record called a Fly Girl. Fly Girl, boom. Fly Girl, boom. Fly Girl. It was a big, big hit record. Anyway, he produced that too. He was working on a follow-up for that record with Parliament. So I ended up being on that record with the Boogie Boys, which was an album called Survival of the Freshest. And it was on Capitol Records. And if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the, if not the first rap record that um, included R&B hooks. Mm. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a um, very successful record, but it was like one of the first attempts to um, and then I was invited into a room while I was working on that record to sing for a group of people. And I didn't, I didn't even know who the people were. So for me, I was already in the other room recording. So my manager was like, here, sing for these people. And those people happened to be the president and the vice president and the whole black music staff at Capitol Records. And I left that meeting, had, I had a seven album deal like right there on the spot. But the thing was, I didn't even know that, you know, so I, I didn't, I wasn't like setting up, preparing for this big audition and, you know, was nervous. 
I was I was already in my zone because I was singing, so you know, in the other room. So I, it wasn't a big thing, and I didn't even know who these people were. So I, I, it was no reason for me to be nervous. I was in my element, growing up. They gave me the contract, and that was that was pretty much the beginning of it. I, I, um, and if I had, if in hindsight, at the time, they wanted me to look at and consider recording Nat King Cole's catalog. But I was 19. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm trying to be Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole, really? But now, if, you know, but I also didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody guiding me, you know, advising me at that time. It would have been a brilliant move for me to do. Because I would have had the full, you know, Nat King Cole. Capitol Records was built by Nat King Cole. You know what I mean? Right. And I didn't have the, I didn't have the wisdom uh, at that time to to jump into that. So the gentleman who signed me to Capitol Records got fired. Mm. And you know the music business is an ego-driven business. Uh, so the person that replaced him on his job, I he didn't sign me. So he, he you know, I wasn't his project. He didn't really care about me being on the label, he was he was there to make his mark with. He asked that he would bring to the label, not the guy who he replaced. Interestingly for me, the guy who signed me to Capitol Records, who got fired, got hired at Epic Records. And he convinced Epic Records to buy my contract from Capitol Records before I ever put out a record. I was a complete unknown. They spent millions of dollars doing it because the contract had already been signed. Production was already getting started on what I didn't even know was going to be what it was going to be. Um, so, so they bought the they, they bought the contract. And at the time, they had Michael Jackson, Tina Marie, Luther Vandross, Mariah Carey was on the Columbia side, but in the same building. Um, and me. So, you know, it was like, what are we going to do with this kid? They, they couldn't figure it out. So when my records came out, it was, uh, it, it took them by surprise. Like, they didn't expect it. They, were, they didn't expect it because they had Michael Jackson at the same time. They had Luther. In fact, we were all nominated for American Music Awards, Soul Train Awards, and Grammys, all in the same category. And uh, I think I lost to um, Luther Vandross here and now, which you know to even be nominated in the same category is is something amazing. But it was it was it was really you know if if I had known at the time that I was actually in the good old days, I would have probably appreciated what was going on more. But it was the good old days. It was the good old days. You're now tuned in to Soul City to Beat. This is your girl, Butterbee Rocker. What up, Italy? What up, Jamaica? What up, Africa? What up, UK? What up, US of A? Yo, this is my single, Play by the Rules. Make sure you hit me up on social media, Butterbee Rocker. Let's go.
My single play by the rules butter be rocker you can find me on all social media under transparency talks podcast and also on my personal page butter be rocker that's b-u-t-t-a b as in boy r-o-c-k-a holla at me transparency talks podcast is brought to you today by o'brien garage doors having garage door issues Even if you're not at this moment, check out O'Brien Garage Doors. They're a family-owned and operated garage door company that provides residential garage door services, including repairs, sales, installation services, and more. You can visit them at obriendoor.com. Whether your overhead door or operator needs to be repaired or you need to buy new ones, 
We service and sell all brands and models of quality garage doors and automatic garage door openers. We have been proudly serving our customers for over 30 years and are dedicated to providing them with friendly, honest service. Our technicians are certified and trained to take care of all your garage door needs and are always courteous and happy to help. Call 888-973-0061 or visit obriandoor.com. That's obriandoor.com. I knew that you was with Epic. I never knew the behind the scenes story of Capital and, and how you, you started. You got the story even more. You got the story even before um, some, yo. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Yo, we got the exclusive, yo. Come on, buddy. Man. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. like the to to be in that category with all of those people that you just named and everything yeah. and and everybody on the same label. I mean, wow. I, I mean I never yeah, it was it was something. you know, and it was an experience because I got you know, I, I came in at the end of the era of artist grooming you know they prepared us you know for how to do interviews i mean i would go up to the label and literally do interviews for 12 hours station to station to station to station uh, but they taught me how to you know to do that and to um, uh, and to present myself and you know to look like i got some sense even though i came from a I, I came into it with a little bit of sense but i was it was a lot that i did not know yeah. You know, but um, and a lot of amazing things happen. Like, you know, if I if I move on to the story, if I quickly fast forward to the time when with you came out, which which was is my second album. Um, you know, I was I was in the I was walking into our office one day, and the phone was ringing, and uh, our receptionist wasn't in her seat, and so I answered the phone, and it was Anita Baker who I did not know. And she was looking for me. And um, of course, I thought it was a joke, but I was I was playing along with it. I, I was, okay, all right, yeah, I'm talking to you. So, uh, so she had seen me do a performance. Back in the day, you know, Arsenio Hall had his show, and then there was a show that came on called The Party Machine which was hosted by Mia Peoples, who at the time I think was married to Howard Ewing. Uh, I, have, I, was, I had been on both shows, but it was the party machine in particular that caught Anita Baker's attention. And she called me looking for me to, to tell me that it was one of the best songs she ever heard in her life. And she wanted to know why she hadn't seen a video for it. Well, there's a story behind with you in that my label, Epic, who spent all that money to get me from Capitol Records, didn't think that with you was a hit record. And they tried to they tried they tried to convince me not to have that be my choice, but it was my choice and I was here. So when they released with you, they released it with uh, back in the day they used to service um, radio with vinyl records and in my case it was um it was a vinyl that had a white label on it and no information so when the when it was when it was delivered to radio by the 
uh, local folk, local promotions directors who were our music reps. They would service radio with new music. When they serviced radio with my record, they didn't have any information on it. So if it was going to be heard, they had to be curious. What is this? They don't have nothing on it. And which to me, I think, made it stand out even more because it was blank. And so they played it. And then with you, without any support from Epic Records, started to have a life of its own. And they actually told me only Stevie wanted to do it. It was like, it's the only Stevie wanted to do a song like this and get away with it. It's so corny. So we're trying to tell you, don't do this. We're advising you strongly, don't do this. I was like, yeah, no, we don't go this way. So they didn't support it at all. So Anita Baker, she called that day and she was like, I told her that there was, you know, that the label didn't think it was a hit. They weren't supporting it and there was no video. She's like, what? Those people wouldn't know a hit if it hit them in the whole head. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to send you $50,000 and I'm going to, I'm going to call my friend Blair Underwood. I'm going to be the director of this. And I'm going to, I'm going to call my publicist, Jay Schwartz. And I'm going to, I'm going to make him available for you, to you for six months. And I'm like, yeah, right. This is a leader maker. Okay. I, oh yeah, sure. But the money came and then the call from Blair came and the call from Jay Schwartz came. So we set up and we shot the video for the few. So if you've ever seen it, that's the video. He's, he's even in the video, but it's because of a guardian angel, Anita Baker, saw fit for you know it to be. And had she not done that, it never would have happened. Labeled and they just were not. But then the record became a mainstay started showing up with you, I'm talking about. And then the label was like, oh yeah, we knew this was a hit record. We knew we had something special for this artist. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, <laughs> for real. But it was then that I learned the whole politics behind, you know, that you have to play. Because now, even though I knew that they didn't support the record and they weren't interested in having that be much. I had to go with, oh yeah, my label and they're great and da da da. And yeah, it was, you know, my team is amazing. Well, none of them was down with the record, not one of them. But I had to play the game and give them the credit and, you know, that it happened. Interestingly enough, I saw Anita Baker about 20, maybe 20 years later on the Monique show. Uh, I was I had been on the show as a performer, but this time I was there as a guest because we knew that Anita Baker was going to be there as the guest. And I mean, I was in the audience this time, but we knew that Anita Baker was going to be the special guest. And my mother-in-law wanted to see her. So we went, we got tickets, and of course they put us on the front row. There was a moment when Anita Baker was performing that she saw that like that like that she saw me like you know she's looking at everybody but she saw me and she had this moment of like, I saw that that thing and then of course she finished her song and during commercial break she, she had a conversation with Monique and I felt like they were talking about me because they were looking and nodding and giggling and all that kind of stuff. Monique asked, why did you do that? 
why you didn't know she didn't know me, you didn't know her. We weren't on the same label. We had no connection. It was, you know, straight like some guardian angel type stuff. And uh, she said, um, she said I was doing hell. She said I was being obedient to the spirit. She said I was. She said I, it was put in me to call him, and I would have been being disobedient to the spirit if I had not done so. And that was her reason. She actually, I had to. And I, that was such a powerful moment for me to understand that there was absolutely no motivation except for her humanity. You, you know what I mean? Helping out another artist who she happened to like and thought was not getting a fair shake. We're going to take a pause for the calls. We got you know Neff I mean? 150 in the building. Completely, everybody. Let's go. One that's gonna ride with him. I mean, ride with him to the end. Talk about a like little Kim type, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't sleep, can't eat nothing either. You the remedy that's supplementing my fever. All the homies thinking I'm tripping, don't see the reason. Why they wanna hate on the brother now that I'm breathing? Money coming good, what's wrong with a great dame? Who cooks clean, not afraid to carry the last name. Knows how to love me, plus show me a few things. Step when I step, even park in the same lane. Tell the friends I'm the king of the castle. Love to play blindfold and fucking them shackles, yeah. Even tattoo my name on that. She don't gamble nor test me, she know that I'm a pass. Show me that she loved me when she out in them streets. She a down-to-earth woman any nigga would keep. And I mean, she a red breed, and with the best of them. No bullshit, honesty is all I ask from them. Now I'm jealous of my new bitch Cause my new bitch be whipping that new shit French nails and fresh cuts Smelling like Victoria's Secrets Got me wanting to freak it Pull up to the club in the all-white Phantom With two of our homegirls, they both speak Spanish Everybody peeping out the name on the bracelet They know who she with, so she ain't gotta say it And I, yeah, 150 a boss, nigga No need to floss when the flow be the talk quicker She a hood diva who can speak her mind Not afraid to spit the heat If you cross that line, she well-defined Know the love is strong. I get mad when she right, when I know that I'm wrong. Yeah, deadly love make it to our favorite song. Birds chirping, meaning we've been doing it long. She got a smile like the sunshine. So much love for your boy, I don't think that I could put it in one rhyme. Even waking up, she a beautiful dime piece. She love when I go down and kiss her on both feet. Call her by a nickname that she get mad. Looking sexy in the boy shorts, heels that match. Come on, she the realest female I know. She watch blow with me, then turn around and get the dough with me. I mean, every man should have that one bitch in their life, man. You know that ride or die. You gotta have that ride or die female, man. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wanna have these off the chain females. 
model type, man. Long Indian hair type. I ain't, I ain't with that, man. I ain't knocking it, but I, that ain't me. I want a real bitch, you know? A real bitch, man. Get a walk outside with motherfucking Tim's on and Bandits is, is out like bow. You know what I mean? That you know, rocking hair and bones. <laughs> you don't very much a giver. Yeah, you I can definitely contest to you being a giver because anytime I've called you and said, Tony, I need you, you've been right there supporting me. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate it. So you know, you, the the story is amazing. You you jumped ahead of my question because I was ready. For I know. Listen, I was ready. When I stop talking, I just go. I you know. Oh no, it's cool. I've been cooped up in this house and wanted to talk to somebody. It's no, cool. Just... It's cool. I like I um as I was doing some additional research on you and everything, I found out you know like you was just saying about the Anita Baker because I had no clue that she's the one that gave you the money and, and said do this yeah. and didn't know about Blair Underwood um, until right. I, until I listened to a couple of other interviews and I was like whoa and and like you said to have somebody that is a total stranger see you or, or have the spirit to want to help you because they see what you have in you and what you're going to give you know bring out it's just like oh my god you know <laughs> like that's definitely um an act of humanity and it's it's, it's a wonderful thing so I'm, I'm it was a wonderful thing and um you know i ran into anita baker a couple times and she know she's giving me her number but that chick gave me the wrong number and that's messed up <laughs> I called the number. It was like, doo, doo, doo. that is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you you do realize that song has been sung at a million plus weddings and has conceived a lot of kids. Your song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have. <laughs> I've sung at quite a few. I actually did a virtual wedding a few weeks ago. That was different, but you know. Oh, this, these are the times now. Yeah, I've sung at many, 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 many weddings. Many, many, many. Some completely over the top and some, you know, as simple as me singing to the bride and groom like, like I did in the park. How did, I mean, when, when you were singing the song, when you first recorded it, did you know that it was going to be such a timeless song? I knew that the song was special when I first heard it. Right. I hadn't even recorded it yet. Like, uh, Raymond Reader, who's a friend of mine, you know, there's a lot of a lot of amazing talent came out of DMV, Washington D.C. area, and Raymond Reader is one of them. Grammy winner, songwriter, producer, and but at the time we were new and hungry and fresh, and he wrote this song and. He was working with Renee and Angela. He played this song for me, and I think it got to the first. It's for real what I feel when I'm with you. First time, and I stopped it. I was like, "Where we going? When? 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 When we gonna cut it?" But there's a great story behind you. Like we we, we both had a crush on the same young lady. And he actually wrote with you about her. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> and, and I was like, and it was years later that I found out. Like years later. I was like, wait a minute, what was your inspiration? He was like, you know, such and such. I was like, yeah, I know such and such. She was like, I wrote about her. Like, what? Yeah. How you gonna be writing songs about my girl, man? Don't talk about so neither one of us ended up getting the girl. Neither one of us ended up getting the girl. Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, do you find it important to reinvent yourself? You know, especially you know now things change. I mean, I'm old school too. So like this whole new digital and everybody is like, um, you know, more people are now independent versus they used to be with majors and majors used to be the stuff but now it's like you go major you be like don't do that don't do that so what's your opinion on all of that unless you get a good deal unless you get a good deal and there's still some out there to be had. but you got to be really making an impression um in order to in order to make that happen but you know the you know the the advent of the internet changed the game you know it gave everybody access to the world it, it leveled the playing field. And so, you know, everybody has a studio now. Everybody everybody got record labels. Everybody, you know, there's literally thousands, literally thousands of new songs to come out. I venture to say every day. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a new song coming out by somebody every by day. Somebody. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting in this time. You know, now that we you know that we we're, we're having to socially distance ourselves, and we're having to figure out ways to present our craft. Because you know, when this is over, ain't nobody gonna want to go sit in a concert. No one's gonna want to go sit in a theater. No one's gonna want to go to the club and be all over each other. You know, because we have this social distance thing going. And I'm not really mad at social distancing, but I'm saying we have to we have to figure out. And it looks like it's going to be this. You know, I started doing these living room concerts, and a whole lot of other people are doing them. You know, they're presenting major TV shows this way now. And, um, it's, it's it's really interesting for artists. But you know what my question is? A lot of people are doing these um, free concerts, right? <clears throat> All these at-home concerts for free. Is it cool to charge people? You know, I actually um, was going to ask you that question because I mean, at a club, you would you would charge, you know, to be able to- Yeah, I say, yes. I say it is cool. I say it is cool because we still do, you know, we're still working. You know, it is, you know, what we do is not a hobby for most of us that do this. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't, I don't think it's out of line to ask people. But interestingly enough, when I did do a broadcast, when I asked people to pay, right, I got fewer people coming in than when I broadcast free on Facebook. But I made more money on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like people, I wasn't asking people for money on Facebook. Somebody put a post up, y'all need to be cash-apping this brother. And then people started cash-apping me. 
And then I was like, oh, okay, that's how y'all gonna do it. Well, my cash app is, uh, you know, dollar sign, Mr. Tony Terry. That's T-O-E-N-Y. <laughs> so we still got to eat. Yeah. Everybody's work has been affected. You know, indefinitely. We don't know when we're going to be able to go back to work. So, you know, those of us that, you know, rely on our gifts to make a way for us have to figure out now um, the way to do that in the new normal times. Because I don't think, I think that, I think that, you know, while we will have, there'll be some remnants of, you know, how things were, I think that moving forward, it's a whole new game. I think and, it's going to be a mix. I think, I think it's, it's going to be a mix, mix, but it's going to transition to, you know, to being more and more, you know, um, technology driven. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Because I think the people are being, you know, feeling more comfortable now. Because, you know, we were forced to do this. You know what I mean? We've been forced into this isolation. Let me tell you something. I can't find um, a USB camera nowhere. I'm talking about online, in the store. Yeah, I can't even find one online. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, we've been forced to adapt and so people are communicating this way and you know you're three four five weeks in now we're starting to feel we're settling in yeah you know what I, mean? it's, I think it'll be harder to pull people out of it now i think that people are going to be comfortable with this kind of presentation and i actually think that it makes people feel closer to the person that which you know that they're supporting because you know we can respond to their comments directly and and if you're creative you can you know put a little pin on the bottom and you know charge for shout outs and all that kind of stuff yeah we have to create ways now to make it work for us yeah. so you know one, one time I, I put up a concert and I charged for it and I had a couple of people, you know, give me some feedback. I'm like, yo, that's not cool. I'm thinking, yeah, but I still got to work, right? We still got to work, right? Right. So, why isn't it cool? <laughs> you know what I mean? so, yeah. Interesting time. So, what what's in your, um, I don't know if you got an iPhone or, or, or what you got, what you listen to. What's in your Rolodex? Who you listen to? Your top three people that you listen to right now? I'm working on new music right now. Okay. And when I'm when I'm working on new music, I don't listen to nobody. I am. With, like when I'm in, what, what, because I, you know, I try to kind of keep my inspiration to be organic, and I don't want to be taking nobody's riffs and nobody's words and nobody's melodies. So I just kind of try to keep my world a bubble, if you will while I'm working. Um, and when I'm in the car, I listen to smooth jazz, instrumental, non-vocalists. You know what I mean? It keeps my nerves calm. I'm one of those drivers that would catch a case if I was in the business. I real rage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm working on some great music really excited about it. 
Yeah, I keep my playlist small. I don't, I don't know that. That sounds narcissistic. Uh, but but I like 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 when I have my son in the car. Of course, the radio is on. Listen to whatever he wants to listen to. And there's a lot of stuff out there that I like. Um, like I like PJ Morton. He, he's a beast. And um, the girl Joe that sings, she's a beast. And there's a girl on Instagram, Ashley J. Mm, I she's, she's killer. She, she's making these videos like Tank had a video and then she, she put together a video of her soul singing harmony with him. Insane. Insane. Really, really good. Um, there's, a, there's a whole lot of young talent that's, that's out and that's coming out, especially, you know, when you look beyond what's being played on radio. You know what I mean? Um, because there's so many other um, um, available streams to listen to music and so many opportunities. As, as a matter of fact, like, I, like we just said a few minutes ago, literally thousands of new music, new songs come out every day. So it's kind of hard to keep up with, you know, with what's happening. You just, you, the, the, the cycle, you know, when, when back in the day, I mean, I can go further back than my own records, but even during the time of my own records, I, I, you know, with you had, well, with you had an exceptionally long lifespan, but like typical lifespans, you know, eight, eight to 10 weeks of a record, right? They don't, you know, it's, it's, it's like today's music, you have, to, you have to keep, you have to have a whole vault of content before you put out something because that piece is going to be chewed up so quickly and then it's like okay now what's next okay what you got next you got to keep pulling it out and you know well back in the day you could just pull it out and then just let it breathe you could not put out another record for two years yeah yeah you know but you you once you got it now you got to keep going or somebody else is going to take your spot it's yeah. so quick it's so right now so what's hot right now and then then we're done. Like Usher is old school now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Chris he, Brown is gonna be old school in a minute. Yeah, I think I think Chris Brown is almost old school, considered old school now too. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my daughter used to like those Mr. Free to B two K. Yeah. They old school. Yeah, 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 yeah. They definitely old school. Um. So, um, who do you want to work with that's out right now? Um. See, it's tough because you know I I be forgetting shit, but I I, I smoke weed. <laughs> like I'm the dude, I'm the dude that will remember your face and not remember your name, and stand there and have a whole conversation. With you. Like, I, who is that? I'm the same. <laughs> I don't smoke weed, but I'm the same. I don't even remember the name. Remember <laughs> <my> face. <laughs> I'm closer to sixty than I ever thought I would be. Um, but there again. I find myself, when I'm looking for people to work with, though, really, I find myself wanting to lean towards the hungry, 
want to make a mark, want as opposed to the yeah, that's what, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, I got. I mean, granted, he got. Yeah, I got. You know, I don't need that. I want the guy that's hungry. That's gonna, you know, he's that you know he's bringing his A game because he wants to make his mark. That's that's the cat that I want yeah. to work with, and yeah, that's a lot of them. So. And very, very yeah. So are you so you're working on a new project right now? Does that mean that you're open yeah. to people submitting songs to you? Well, this particular project that I'm working on is written. But I am open to, you know, listening to considering other people's music. You never know where the next record is gonna come from. I think I have a nice pen, but you know, hey, you just never know. I, I've known situations where cassette tapes were left on. And we're talking cassette tapes, so you know, it was a long time ago. But cassette tapes were left on people's car windshield, and it had a hit record on it that the artist recorded. It was a hit record. You know what I mean? There's, you never know where it's gonna come from. So, I try to take. Um, you know, when people want to send me music, I listen to everything. Most of it, you know, I don't. Right. <laughs> work 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 on or get involved with 90% of it I don't but or more even but you know you just never know I listen to everything I love the fact that you're approachable um, you know to for that you know um, new artist a new producer a writer out there that is trying to get a shot to know that you would be open to at least listening and not that you have to take everything that you listen to but the fact that you're at least open and could possibly help somebody and pull them up, you know, to be able to work with yeah, absolutely. someone like yourself. Right now, and my goal is to afford my platform to somebody who is deserving. You know, I, I, I want to reach back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely think you do that all the time. So, um, like I said, I've I've known you for some years, and um, I've always seen. Yeah, we've known each other. <laughs> You've definitely given back to a lot of people, so um, we appreciate that. Okay, so last but not least, can you um, tell us about one of your most memorable moments uh, of this journey called music that you've had? There have been lots. There there have been many, many. Um, But most of the time, it's when I share the stage. Like, my, my biggest moments have been when I was sharing the stage with other people. Uh, I, I, I toured with Roberta Flack for 10 years and that probably was one of the hot, while I've done some amazing things and, and have had amazing moments for me, that was a personal, you know, like Roberta Flack because, you know, like when, when, when you say you grew up listening to somebody, like I literally grew up listening Roberta Flack and you know even in the seventh grade talent show I sang Roberta Flack with the girl that lived across the street from me we sang Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway duet in the talent show in the seventh grade and won and then you know I would have had no idea that I was going to grow up and then go on tour with her for 10 whole years traveling around the world and we did um, we did we did gigs like for kings of countries where they would literally fly us in on their personal, you know, old, you know, 747s with private chefs and, 
amazing things. Like, <laughs> my music has really provided an opportunity for me to have some awesome experiences, and I'm really grateful for that. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, how can um, people find you? Oh, your boy is everywhere. You know, time out. So, <laughs> I'm on YouTube. Please follow me on YouTube and subscribe to my page. And um, Tony Terry, of course. And Twitter, Mr. Tony Terry. IG, Mr. Tony Terry. Of course, Facebook. I'm everywhere. And I like hearing from my fans. I do. Now, you have, um, you, you're, you're doing Tuesdays at 8 o'clock live, correct? Tony Terry Tuesday. Yeah. Tony Terry Tuesdays. Okay. Yeah, having fun doing it too, you know? Various music, mixing it up. You know, I'm just trying to um, vent. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to find ways to keep myself busy and entertained, and hopefully people are enjoying it. I like people to get a glass of wine or, you know, a cocktail or whatever their libation is, just sit back and enjoy the music. You know, they're like 30-minute sets. I, I tend to go over because I'm having such a good time. Like, when my first one was an hour and a half. So I'm, I'm trying to keep the just 30 minute segments and, uh, you know, so I have new music to keep doing as, as we progress. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I truly appreciate well, you. Thank you, baby girl. I appreciate you. Thank you. You look great. Happy thank for you. Congratulations on this whole situation right here. And uh, <laughs> keep doing your thing. All right. I see you out there again. I ain't <laughs> mad at you either. No, I appreciate you. Yeah, time out. Bye, brother. All right. Bye, you guys. Tony Terry with When I'm With You. Thanks so much for joining in. Catch me each and every Monday on Soul City to Beat at 9 p.m. in Italy and 3 p.m. in USA. When I'm with you, I hear a song. That makes me laugh and smile and sing to you When I'm with you, I feel so free I feel that love is going to take control of me
nobody but you Honey, I love you Thanks again to our sponsors at the Fashionable Lady Shop. Visit them today and shop now at www.thefashionableladyshop.com. That's www.thefashionableladyshop.com.